What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Drunk Boy's Basement, where drunk conversations do happen. So admittedly, this isn't the first episode we've done with this individual. Um, We had a good episode (laughs) about two, three weeks ago. And um, shortly after we got to start to edit that episode, there was no sound. (laughs) So one of the suggestions I got was to dub over the episode. (laughs) <laughs> that would have taken a lot longer so you could have made it sound instead, however we wanted it to that's true so so instead i had to beg and plea and i, I paid her 350 bucks to be here um oh did you and so one of the things <laughs> that we decided to do is obviously just reshoot but the caveat to that is now i know a lot more about her so i have to ask questions that are more deep-rooted and make her very uncomfortable. <laughs> Easy. So, to begin, you are screenwriter, yeah. actress, astronaut, astronaut. cashier. I'm basically just Barbie. Gas attendant. Yeah. Could you imagine if they had like blue collar Barbie, like the blue collar Barbie lines, like Barbie's like a fucking lineman? Like, I'm sure they Barbies? have one. An oil, an oil refinery Barbie. I bet you there is one. She comes with bruises because her Ken beats her up. That's oh, I know that one's real. I know they have a Barbie like that. <laughs> they have a domestic abuse Barbie. They have strung out on crack Barbie because she okay. Anyway, <laughs> so um, there's homeless Barbie. I dated one of those ones. So <laughs> with again, we talked a lot about you, but nobody knows that. Yeah. So you have written for a lot of different things. You've written for a lot of different people. You've Mm -hmm. um, let people steal your own work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But as of right now, you are writing a show. I am. It's not signed to anything, but I am, yeah. That means that she can legally say things about it. I can. It is my show. Then our viewers can steal it. Uh, good luck with that one because it's based on true events bitch <laughs> good luck so tell us about the true events though leading up to what wanted you because you, okay. you wrote you wrote about from what i remember is you write a lot about um past experiences and that helps you kind of develop characters and screenplays and all yeah. that kind of stuff based off your pre- like previous life experience yeah and i this show i assume is no different correct yeah Okay, so um, with that in mind, what? Shut up. With that in <laughs> mind, um, what? Like, I mean, what could? What? What's? How was the? How? 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 Tell how did it all how. start? Yes. So, um, I don't know. It was just like one day I was just thinking about it, and I was like, you know, there's shows out there like Thirteen Reasons Why, and they're great shows, but uh, they're not realistic to teenagers' lives. Yeah, because aren't who, they on season three of that now? They're done. Oh, they're done. She's yeah. killed herself so. enough times. I guess so. <laughs> um, See, that was good for like the first season. It was because it was actually it told the full story through the first season. You're like, yeah. damn, that's depressing. And there's another season. You're like, huh. Why is it more of a mystery they did now? A seance and brought her back for season two. 
Just like Suicide's not a joke, hello. guys. It's not. I mean, I don't know. And then, like, I thought about it. Where, like, Suicide? no, oh. no, 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 no. Oh my god, no. <laughs> um. So everything like that's in the show starts from when I was like 14, 15. and it starts off like my freshman year of high school. High school for me was fucking awful. So if I could help another teenager. Like why was it not so, go why was that? it so bad besides the obvious? I don't know very many people that are like freshman year was the best year I've ever had in my life. I mean, I I think my favorite year of high school was sophomore year for sure because right. I actually had friends. I think my favorite year of high school was um, the one where I graduated. <laughs> that was a nightmare. The year I graduated was a nightmare for me. My entire senior class almost didn't graduate. What? Yeah, so I went to a, a private Catholic school. Oh. And um, we had to do baccalaureate practice. So you had, to detract from what you were saying for a second, you had baccalaureate mass practice, which mm-hmm. we had at the cathedral down because it's a Catholic thing. Yeah. And then you have the graduation ceremony like the day after. So the seniors would graduate like a month before everyone else. Interesting. But what happened is we had a whole bunch of shit bags in my high school. Some of them are probably listening to this and you'd know who the fuck you are. Um, but we had some people who decided that they were going to like pull. So we had our senior prank. Our senior prank made it on the news because it was so good. Mm-hmm. But you had another individual group of people that were like, we're going to do our own prank. But what their own prank was, was just straight up vandalism. And like during one of our baccalaureate practices where the whole senior class was in the auditorium, they pulled the fire alarm. And then um, they all, so the, the staff gave us Bibles with like our name in it, engraved in it. And then the staff all signed the Bibles. Like they're part of the book for some reason. It's but, like your own type of yearbook. <laughs> Hags, have a great summer. And like John three sixteen. Like, I'm trying to read this shit. Um, so anyway, there are some people that were toward the end of their like high school career, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck Catholicism and religion," and they tore up these Bibles and like threw them all over the hallways. Oh wow! And nobody fessed up to it, except, <clears throat> except. The goddamn name was in the Bible of whose it was like whose ripped up whose ripped up Bible it was, and so the the whole staff and faculty knew who it was, but no one confessed. And our assistant principal got up on the stage and was like, "If someone does not come forward right now, none of you are graduating." Like, but like, if they already knew, then okay. It was just an overall discipline thing because like no one fessed up. That's stupid. Just... And. We almost didn't graduate, so that was fine. And then I'm just trying I, to, I'm just thinking of the fact that you keep saying confess. I'm like, this is a Christian school, it's Catholic, <laughs> a Catholic school. Yeah, so they do that, Sean. And they, they just have to go, like, what is it called? <laughs> confession chamber or something like that. Confession chamber, <laughs> it's a oh, confessional wow. <laughs> confession chamber. That sounds like a Nazi thing. Oh my and god, then, and then after that whole thing happened. Uh, I got a speeding ticket in between my, I can't remember. It was, there was a period of time during when we were practicing for the mass that I got a speeding ticket. And since I was not 18, I had to go to court for it. uh, And the court date was like, it was at the DMV and it was basically like, you just show up and that proves that you're innocent and you pay your ticket and move on. That's how Draper was doing it for a while. 
but the the only like you it was mandatory like you had to be at the baccalaureate practice no matter what like if you were dying you had to be there because that was like the one ticket to graduate i was late to the first one and dude mrs egger that son of a bitch she like i don't even know what she did at the school like i she was not a teacher i don't know who the fuck she was but she would sit at the front of the like the building and she would like count us in. Like people would come in and she'd like check us our names off because there were only eight hundred of us. And she had nothing better to do than check off eight hundred names. So I was late by twenty minutes for the first one, and she called my parents and threatened them that I wasn't gonna graduate. Oh, you stuck at the I was at the DMV! Yeah, I was trying not to go to jail. <laughs> and so my mom decides that she's gonna come down there, and that made it so much worse. Dude. My mom doesn't, she's not confrontational, but when it comes to like the amount of tuition they paid for this, and the fact that I was like three days from graduating and then she was about to threaten to pull my graduation like completely away from me. Wow, this is really long-winded from high school. That was the second time. The third time I almost didn't graduate was because we we're, we got the capes and gowns and like the, the little book thing that has your diploma in it. Yeah. Like that's what they hand you on stage. Yeah. And you had to give all that shit back when you were done and I forgot and drove home and then they billed my parents a thousand bucks because the little book thing they hand you is empty like it doesn't have your diploma in it because they're just like handing the books out and then in order to get your diploma you have to turn your shit in and then you get your diploma so I didn't get my diploma for like a year (laughs) (laughs) yeah my mom's not confrontational either that's what makes me scared of her yeah, everyone's like, you mom's so nice. I'm like, you fucking aren't here half the time. Well, I mean, like, my mom's nice. It's my dad that I'm, like, absolutely fucking afraid of. Yeah, everyone's afraid of my dad. And he just is, like, existing. And every- yeah, my, my mom's, that's like, how mine is. Nice. She, like, comes down and she's like, does anyone want lunch? And then all my friends leave. And then she'd be like, if you don't get the fuck upstairs right now, I'm going to rip your arms off. Yeah, no, my mom, my mom's nice. She my friends love my mom and then there's people that see my dad and they're like ah why is he mad i'm like nah he just says rbf it's fine it's fine so (laughs) yeah i'm terrified of him too it's okay so going back to what we were talking about before (laughs) um so you did you have a favorite year in high school or was it all just dog shit like the rest of us (laughs) i didn't mind 10th grade was that your sophomore? Yeah, sophomore. Yeah. Fuck high school. Um, but what got me into it, like what wanted, what got me into writing it, I'm about to have a 14-year-old sister. So the thought of like her going into high school and her having the same experiences, like experiences as me, fucking terrifies me where I'm like, okay, I got to figure out a way like to – create something for teenagers going into high school and like they're lost because they have gone through the same experiences as me and the same experience of like sexual assault abuse all from a boyfriend and it's hard to like talk to your parents about because you don't want to like get in trouble because you're too young to date personal experience (laughs) but like i wanted to write something to show like teenagers going into high school or teenagers who have left high school, it's okay to get help. And you don't have to, like, watch a show like 13 Reasons Why where, like, 
the awareness is all over the place, but no one cares because it's annoying where they're like, ah, oh, suicide awareness, which it is very important. Like jumping in front of a bullet train in Japan. <laughs> Good <Shout out> God. <laughs> what, but I mean, how do you like create awareness about, I mean, are you assuming that a lot of the situations that like, for example, your sister would experience would be similar to yours? How, I guess the question is, how do you create a blanketed approach to the shit that you went through? Because it sounds to me like most, some of it was stemmed from just a shitty boyfriend. I mean, yeah, but I also, I had like issues from like my biological dad growing up and I had issues with like family. My mom's side of the family had mm -hmm. issues with me and I had issues with them. So like a lot of it comes from like, I always hear like these stories on like social media of people who are so alone because like their family doesn't like them or because like school sucks or they have a very abusive boyfriend and then like for me I'm just like yeah I have the same problem but like how can I bring that out where like people don't feel so alone into like a show so that's just basically what I'm doing is just writing about like all of my experiences I experienced a lot in high school sexual abuse physical abuse I experienced um, a girl stealing my identity in high school because I didn't let her date my abusive boyfriend. That's what I resort to. Identity yeah. theft. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, uh, God, that's an awful story. And if she listens to this, good. <laughs> I'm fully kidding. So, um, no, she's not. She's not, she's not kidding. I'm what, kidding. I, how does someone steal your identity in high school? What do you so, have to steal? <laughs> exactly oh no my fico credit score <laughs> <laughs> so um i wasn't allowed to talk to the boy that had abused me and i was stupid and didn't know any better so i started talking to him again but i was stupid and would talk oh, to him uh, through, not, like, not allowed she made that rule my mom oh wait my... where'd this girl come into play so she's actually get, a, get the whiteboard <laughs> it's oh, right gosh. there <laughs> um so she's she was my mom's best friend's daughter she is i know i'm so sorry i don't want to name any names because like <laughs> okay all right i got it all right, um so she so i was stupid and would talk to him through like other friends through their phone because my mom was like so your mom, your mom forbade you from talking to this kid. Oh, yeah. My mom had no idea what was going on, but she just had, like, this feeling about this kid where he was, like, the worst person ever. She was right. And how, but... old, was, how old were you people? We were 15. Both of you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. yeah it was great. Um, <laughs> so she decided to talk to him behind my back because she had his number. Your mom? No. The, the girl. The girl. Sorry. I, I'm like trying so hard not to say names. That's why. You can call her. You can you can say like just don't say her real name. Just say a name. Her name's Ariel. We'll say her name's Ariel. Shout out Little Mermaid. Right. <laughs> All right. I only say that because she had red hair at the time. So. so Ariel, she's like that is she is talking about me. <laughs> so Ar so Ariel just is like this random chick in the story. So Ariel is my mom's best friend from high school it's her daughter her daughter and you guys were friends we were friends well sort of and then this dude came to play 
And then, yeah, so she would talk to him on the phone. And then just one day, um, one of her friends had came up to me and was just like, hey, Ariel said that you're, like, dead to her. And I'm like, okay, for what? And I guess uh, my ex-boyfriend was talking shit, saying all sorts of, like, horrible shit about me. That wasn't true, obviously. So I've got a question. Okay. What was the stuff? Uh, no. Okay, good. Um, you don't want to talk about it. There's a lot to unpack here. So, <laughs> so, 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 this, 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 this dude that your mom didn't like was mm-hmm. he your ex boyfriend or was that a total? Is this like? No, it's my ex boyfriend. Okay, so he was your ex boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And my you the abusive one. Still talk to him behind. So your mom was like aware that he was a piece of shit, and you're like angsty and, and you're like fuck you mom he just loved me in a different way <laughs> yeah in a he different was, way he loves me with his fists mom you wouldn't understand it was it's like uh i don't know how to explain it but it went on my entire freshman year but we'd be like on and off you know like one minute he'd be like oh i'm sorry like i won't do that again my hand slipped into your eye socket. yeah sorry, sorry. my Not bad hand just went around your throat i'm sorry i didn't mean to choke you I out hate like when that, that happens Ugh. i know right so so this area on a banana peel before doing it too talking to you so you've broken up at this point yeah you're gonna have to how are you gonna how are you gonna make this a show i can barely keep up there's storylines that Jesus. come up with it there's story right. i mean it doesn't come up with it but there's storylines that this is the only show that comes with a manual with characters. <laughs> like, all right, that's that's so and so. Yeah. Um, and so the, this this Ariel chick and your ex boyfriend like started talking, and mm-hmm. then she was like, "Hey, he said you're a piece of shit," and then you're like, "Uh, nice." Yeah, I'm like, okay. And, and then, then she proceeded to steal your identity in that order. No. <laughs> okay. So then, hold on. So then, um. You know, she, she was just doing her own thing, and then it got me, like, I'm freaked out because, like, he abused me. So I'm like, I don't – as much as I didn't like her, I don't want her to go through the same thing. So I was like, how do I tell somebody without making it seem like I'm hella jealous? Because I'm not. I would not want to be in this place right now. And then I, like, sat on it for, like, a couple hours at school, and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell Plenty my Plenty of time to think. Yeah. So much time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like so, i thought about it through third period and it was fine so yeah. i was like yeah you know what i'm gonna help her so i just remember walking up to my mom's car because she picked me up and had all of my like electronics handed to her and i was like ariel's talking to so-and-so i know this because i was talking to him on her phone my mom was just like okay cool great and i was like they're talking romantically and he's not a great person and she's like i know and i was like okay are we going to stop this shit or what? Like, so my mom ended up telling her mom and um, she got in trouble. Duh. And then the next day, I guess it was like the middle of the night. She had created a, like a fake kick account, but put my name on it. and was messaging the guy that she had like the biggest crush on pretending it was me. Like she was me and sent him fake nudes. So then he had told like her mom or something it was like super weird i don't remember how that even like came to be and then her mom who weirdly 
has like disliked me my entire life for some reason started yelling at my mom over the phone and my mom was like there's no way that she could have like messaged this dude because i had i have her electronics and she's standing right next to me this is gonna be on the show or yeah sure <laughs> is de- it, there's more detail to it without so when you said she stole my identity i thought you meant she like got your social security card and no. opened like a lot okay that, sorry that, that, i guess i should have said i was like she made a fake profile of I was like, me there's like stealing your identity as a, as a like a teenager and then as an adult and that's like a crime oh yeah no it's a crime as as an adult yeah all right as a teenager i, I like it's just it's stupid but it's just one of those stories that's just gonna be on the show i love telling people that story because there's like what the fuck is wrong with them and i'm like i don't know I mean, it's it it draws the listener in more when you don't lead with the fact that it wasn't she opened a home loan account in my name, <laughs> so it makes it more compelling before yeah. that whole thing. So I would just stick with the way you worded it. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything. I was hooked, and then I was like, "Oh, kick, never mind." Well, yeah, she and then she was like sending fake nudes to this dude, and then I a year the later, time. she had like the biggest crush on him since we were like thirteen. Then a year later, after that, my sophomore year. That's such a weird year, way of, like, shooting their shot. Oh, like, the weirdest. And then the year after that, my sophomore year, he was, like, my boyfriend for a few months. Damn, bro, that fucking <laughs> backfired on her. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, that did not work out how I planned it in my head. <laughs> yeah, so. So that's okay. That's just one of many stories that's just going to be on the show. Hmm. But the majority of it is, like, the awareness of having an abusive relationship. And then, like I said, I went through some issues with like my stepdad, a lot of mental health issues too. We like, I got diagnosed with depression at 15. I got diagnosed with like an anxiety disorder, like well before I was 15, but we finally got it situated and it was horrible. Like the worst time of my life. Yeah. Anxiety fucking sucks. Yeah. Anxiety sucks. So that's, what was what was uh, Shitbox's home life like? Um, good. That he was Mormon, and his parents were loving to him, and he had it's all adding up now. Like he had a great home life, so it just didn't make any <laughs> fucking sense why he was the way that he was. It like no sense. Is he a sociopath? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm one of 20 girls in my ward that has gone, well, when I used to go to church that had gone through rape because of him. All at church dances. 20. 20 girls. And only one had said something. There was a trial and then more came out. And had said that he had done this. Was it a trial or was it like, hey, get all the elders. We're going to sit around a campfire and talk. No, about- it was a, it was a oh, trial. Okay. Fucking LDS church. Yeah. And um, it, it was awful to find out. He stalked me for years. It was the craziest thing. But not only me, the other girls he would stalk too. So... I mean, that's the, that's like the makings of like a a psychopath. Like that's like the same tendencies and everything. Like, I mean, that's, that's like, like I could joke about it, but that's like a serious situation. And the fact that he's still out there just roaming around. Yeah. I have no idea where he is. What's his name? 
<laughs> just just the last couple letters of his name and then the first like four. C O B. Kobe. <laughs> I we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll find him. We'll put him on the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> That would have freaked me out. <laughs> oh, it won't be. It won't be pleasant. It'll be. Uh, but like saw. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh shit! My fucking hoodie stuck to the mic. Turned into a game show. <laughs> <laughs> you said something else. I was like, "Why? No." Well, like a gay show. No, Sean. <laughs> now he's gonna abuse us. But like, you it's... don't know. You don't know where the fuck he is. But how? Mm-hmm. How do you know? There were twenty. Because there was a, a trial. People talk. There's more girls. But I guess I'm failing it. to understand how there was a trial and there was no charges brought against them. I think there was. I am not really sure what exactly Are happened you a part with of the that trial. trial? Is that gonna be in the show? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. As I mean, at that time when there was a trial, I did want to say something, but I was scared like my parents were gonna find out. I don't know why I was so afraid of my parents finding out. I think I was, I was afraid that when my parents found out, everyone else around me was going to find out. And that's not something you want family and friends to know. No, I don't disagree. But at the same time, I, I think a 15-year-old girl would probably be more scared of judgment than anything else. Oh, yeah. Like, I you know. It's Because, like, hard. I mean, think, think, about, think about it as an adult now. Like, if somebody was doing that to you, I'm assuming at this point you'd be like, hey... Uh, this guy's being a piece of shit right here. Well, yeah, like the situation <clears throat> I had told you about like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, like. So what What changed though? What, because I know so, some females, some women, I don't know why. I was told the other day that it's, in a, uh, you can't say females. Like, oh, you're probably a misogynistic pig if you say female. I'm like. I don't know why anybody would have a problem with I got, that. I got, say girl? I got, well, it was woman. I got, yeah, I got chastised for that. I was you can't say female. You're probably like a woman. I, it was, I was like, I just I would want my order, if, please. I would understand if like their pronouns were they, them, and you called them a female or a woman. I was just at some. But like I if you're a woman and you with, identify as a woman, I feel like it's not. Well, I was, I was just at some place with a client like a week ago and we were just talking and, um, I said the word female and one of the servers walking past were like, that's, that's sexist. You can't say that. That's like, I don't, I don't appreciate that language. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, there goes your tip. <laughs> Second of all, like she went out of her way to come over and say, anyway, I've heard that from a few different people. And I'm like, all right, I non-gender guess, I animal. I guess because like, I don't, I died. I identify as a woman i i don't really I don't know, mind man. it i don't, I don't people, anyway people are fucking weird <laughs> so but what i was saying is like what changed to i mean aside from you growing up mentally kind of um what did like what would cause you to be like yeah this guy's this guy's being a piece of shit now as opposed to being is it not is it like the lack of you don't care if people judge you or is it the fact that you're looking out for other i'm looking out for others but at the same time like I am an adult. I did grow from it. And like, I went to therapy for it. Still am in therapy for it. You're never not going to be in this position to not be in therapy for something like that. 
Oh, yeah. Um, I told my mom when I was 18. I recently told my dad, like, a week ago. That was really rough. But I think what changed was, like, being a woman in the film industry, I get this stuff happen to me all the time. Like, with producers, creepy producers, I deal with all the time. Or photographers. Yeah, Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or photographers. I didn't. Or... I didn't mean to just openly accuse you of sexual, <laughs> sexual assault. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to openly accuse you of sexual assault. That's not. What, I was trying to be funny, and that came out really, really wrong. Anyway, <laughs> I know. Okay. I. It's... So overall, you've had a pretty negative, negative experience with, but. That couldn't necessarily be... I have no idea what changed, to be honest. I feel like it was just one of those things where, like, I know I'm not alone in this situation. Obviously, there's other people that have gone through sexual assault, and... Could it be along the lines of you got fucking tired of, like, being cooped up with all these feelings, right? Mm -hmm. I ran into that with my own depression. Like, I literally had to, like... The best way I can put it is, like... And I've probably said this before, but, like, word vomit stuff to my friends. Like... Mm -hmm. Hey, um, so I'm really struggling and like half the time I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, that's not normal. But it got to the point where I was tired of it. Like I was so tired of hiding the fact that I'm sad all the time, bummed out, like all that shit. And it sounds similar to what you're going through. I think the the first person who I really like had a conversation with it, like about Mm. was, um, my husband Mm. when we first started dating, because he was trying to figure out why I was so weird towards like anything sexual. I was. Was he the guy that picked you up at Guitar Center? Mm Mm-hmm. That's not. That doesn't sound weird. <laughs> and it's not. It's, there's a story behind that too. There is a story behind that. Um, but the, he was the first person I had a conversation with, and then um, for a while it was like I don't really want to talk to my mom about it. And then I got pregnant, and I went to the doctor, and they had asked medical history, and they asked the question of were you ever like physically harmed, like sexually, that we need to know of. And I said something. My mom was like what like what the fuck why why didn't you say anything to me explained it she knew like not to say anything to anybody else hey mom i was meaning to talk to you about this but let's bring the doctor in just as a mediator and i was just i'm not gonna lie to my doctor like it happened and like i was having a kid of my own and i wanted to protect my kid and myself in a way where like i wasn't trying to be a bitch or mean which had came off to like what I felt like it came off to like my mother-in-law. I didn't let her post any pictures of my son at all up until like maybe a year ago. Just because like I don't know who he like who my ex-boyfriend is friends with on the internet. I have no idea who. And my in-laws, they're Mormon. And knowing the Mormon community, everyone is weirdly connected to each other in some way and it there was like confrontation between my mother-in-law and I for like almost two years and I had to explain it to her and she was like oh that's why you're weird towards like anything LDS and I'm like yeah because I just the negative experiences you have yeah I can't go inside of a Mormon church like at all because of the smell I'm not I don't I'm legally allowed to anymore (laughs) I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this show. (laughs) 
or like. <laughs> but I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, the PTSD is like a real thing. With that oh kind yeah, of stuff. it's. So I mean, does that awful. does that does the show cover how to like talk to your parents about that stuff? Yeah. What is your advice for that? If it happens and you know that it feels wrong, immediately talk to your parents or someone who you're close with. Like it, like I knew it was wrong. But isn't that kind of the premise of Thirteen Reasons Why? A lot no. of people saw some shit and they're like, ah, she's just she needs a Snickers. She's just hungry. <laughs> um, I actually have no idea what the idea. I mean, I think I have the basics of what they were doing with Thirteen Reasons Why. I don't know what the basics were the rest of the other seasons. The way I look at that show from, I I watched it a long time ago, but the way I look at that show is they started strong with the first couple episodes being like suicide awareness. Yeah. And then it turned into a fucking drama. Like it just, yeah. And it, it romanticized suicide, honestly. And that's what I was stupid. with the kid. Yeah. Imagining her. The whole, the whole fucking thing was just a disaster to begin with. And, um, so I think you'd be doing a service to a lot of the kids that don't have that kind of know-how or knowledge mm-hmm. because it is intimidating. I mean, I was 25 before I got therapy and it was, even that was like a hard, like it was hard to go to my mom and be like, Hey, um, I think I need to talk to somebody like, and she wasn't like this big fan for her. She was like, all right, like, here's what I recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's also a part of just kind of understanding your parents too. Yeah. Because I was terrified of my mom being like, oh my God, like it was going to make it that much more of a big deal, right? Well, I wasn't the easiest kid to raise, according to like my mom, because I did suffer with a lot of things that she didn't suffer as a kid. Like, how to deal with it? Like anxiety and depression. Right. She didn't really deal with that. I'm very different from my parents. Mm. Well, my mom. And my biological dad. They were both very social people. They were always, like, my mom is a very sweet woman. She can start up a conversation with anybody. Me? Fuck no. N- no. I can't. Is she knows she's on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm kind of like my dad, the, the man that raised me, where, like, I keep to myself and and that was presumably one of the reasons why you suffered for so long with all the your oh yeah stuff is so it's to me it sounds like catering to an audience that has it's more of a niche audience because Mm -hmm. I would almost go out and say that there's probably more extroverted people well no I'd almost say there's there's probably more introverted introverted people in the world than there'd be extroverted because you would never necessarily know because you won't see an extroverted person it was like we were talking about the the japanese story like there's a whole bunch of shut-ins and you don't know that there are because you never see them yeah so it's i don't think necessarily it's about at least from what it sounds like what you're explaining is spreading awareness but it's spreading like how you can fix it yourself well to a certain extent because there's there's aspects of it that you can't i I mean half of the shit that i was going through i couldn't fix on my own yeah and it's I think it's naive for people to assume that, that you can do that. It's it's okay to get therapy. It's okay to get help. Is Why do you think that's such a niche? Why do you think that people don't want to admit that? Because I think a lot of people are just in denial with themselves in general. They just don't want to believe what's going on to them is negative. It's kind of a rough thing to 
admit to yourself before admitting to other people that you have a problem going on. The thing that I equate it to is um, in instances like this, especially rounding out your show, it's really providing a platform for people to be like, yeah, you feel alone, but you're not. And that's a very selfish thought to think, but it's, it's, you're stuck with it, honestly, because when you're going through those dark, deep valleys of depression, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I'm literally the only person on the planet that's ever felt like this and everything's the worst and no one ever understands it. Are you watching like other people go through what I've gone through? Cause I have friends that have gone through the same thing right? and knowing what stages they are at, it's hard to watch. You oh, try yeah, to help no, them as absolutely. much as possible. But also, like, I'm putting in to the show, like, the character based off of me, mm-hmm. putting in all those stages, even the stages that nobody thinks that you have, like, the, the crazy stage, where you're just in complete denial. And you're just, like, manic and shit. And Yeah, like, super manic. I was off my fucking rocker as a 15-year-old, just doing shit that I was not supposed to be doing all the time, and, like... I was just lashing out towards my parents. I lashed out towards my parents until like, uh, until I was like 17. Yeah, I had pretty bad anger issues when I was a teenager too. Yeah. Like, it's now it's just because I'm hungry. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on a, I've been on a bender since I was 20. I'm just kidding. It's not, it's not true. Since last year. Um, the thing that I, find interesting though is that um not only were you very introverted about your experiences like you know in your Mm -hmm. early life but now you're so extroverted in the sense that you're willing to produce a show based off your life i mean that's like taking it to the nth degree like that's not even that's not one person reading your diary it's everybody however many people this is streamed Mm -hmm. to so i mean that's like a big step Mm -hmm. but it's almost a message too, you know, because Mm -hmm. you go through that introverted phase and that's not to say that it won't last forever, Mm -hmm. but I think eventually everyone gets sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, how, what stages is the show in right now? I mean, is Selena Gomez doing the (laughs) stand-ins or what? (laughs) Damn it. No. (laughs) Um, We're just writing in a... No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just in the process of just writing it, rewriting it, trying to make it perfect the way I want it to be. So we're just, we're basically just at the point where we're just like presenting it to networks to see whoever wants to take it. But I recently had to take a break from writing it. Um, to start therapy again because it got pretty bad. Do you take any medication? I do. What do you take? I take Prozac. How does that affect your mental state? It's a mood stabilizer. It, how does it affect your mental state when you're not on it? Um, more emotional than I should be and just angry. Angry? Angry. I'm just mad. Make sure you don't take Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, my cereal, bro. 
Um, <laughs> Wouldn't you want me to take Prozac? But when I when I take it, uh, I mean, you already got anger issues, so God, dude, people are stupid. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like, why Prozac? Um. It also helps you lose weight. Uh, but like, that's what my doctor recommended. I don't. Did you know. have like? A, well, I'm just I'm just asking because I I have heard the stories of like one of a, a mutual friend of ours who went to a doctor before mm-hmm. and see the way that it worked for me was I went and saw a therapist and the therapist was like, here's what I've gathered and mm-hmm. here's what I think you should suggest to your, um, you know, your physician. But what I've noticed is that people go straight to the physician and they're like, I'm just bummed out all the time. And then they take like, yeah lexapro like my buddy did and he was like i wanted to kill myself way more when i was taking lexapro so i as a 15 year old i experimented with antidepressants like she's like doing a different time. type of experimentation everyone's doing like crack and shit and she's like you know, try some lexapro and maybe yeah. some adderall and yeah pretty much just mix all this shit together and drink it she's like i can't um, my face no <laughs> sorry i think it was um lexapro that made me like a zombie i didn't just it, no, that that shit. I had a, could I had, not do I had a two week acclimation period to where someone could have stabbed me, and I'd been like, mm, bummer. Mm-hmm. It was weird, dude. It was like you're just like you're totally apathetic to everything. It's well, the weirdest thing. It's hard because I am like that in general, and that's something that I'm working on in therapy. To react more when somebody tries to stab you is to react more when like somebody else is going through problems. So you're just like apathetic and you're like, that's a bummer. Yeah. Like that's so interesting though, because like the whole premise of this, I know is you're trying to help people. I know but then you're also like, that sucks, but watch my show. I know I've got good messages on my that's show. That's the problem. Um, I don't know where it comes from. It might be from trauma. I don't know. There are certain things that I'm just like, mm, but I mean, that I mean, sucks. Like you said though, a lot of that shit takes, would take years to, you know, yeah. to, under to really understand oh yeah it's it's hard and like i said you'll always need therapy when you go through something like that even if you don't think that you need it i think holistically everybody could stand therapy my husband doesn't like therapy i I know a lot of people that don't yeah like the gym is my therapy (laughs) the iron church i haven't I can like say this now. I have, I haven't been this healthy since I was like a child. I'm fully like mentally and emotionally. I'm so healthy, the healthiest I've ever been. No, nothing. Why? I don't, I don't know because I guess like just started taking care of myself. You know, I had a thought pop up on my mind um, from that last little bit. So Ryan was talking about how everyone could, um, how therapy would be useful for every single person. Mm-hmm. Yep. One thing, I, one thing that popped my mind is like, I I think a lot of the issue is a bunch. So I think the stigma with therapy is that it's for people who have major trauma or like major issues with their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another factor I was trying to put in my brain there, but. I feel like a lot of people are either in denial or they just don't like think their issue is that big. I guess it's the same thing. Um, 
I was going to get your guys' thoughts on that. No, I get what you're saying, but yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we touched on. But the thing about it is, like, um, if you're in denial, there's going to come a point where, like, you're not going to be in denial anymore. Well, that or your denial. <laughs> I mean, that or your denial will kill you. Because yeah. you don't, it, it just goes unchecked. Well, I, like, like the thing though is, is I, I feel like in the society, it being her people want you to stay in denial. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. talking about an oppressive society. I, I wouldn't say oppressive. Um, I, I think it's a, a societal norm. Well, it's 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 to not to not confess. It, it's certainly a I wouldn't say a norm, but I think it's more of a taboo subject. Whereas it's kind of like weird to discuss your mental health issues with people because I mean, you know, I can say that it seems weird because I grew up with a great childhood. I grew up with minimal trauma. I mean that I've identified so far, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I don't have depression. And that for me was the hardest part is my therapist would get mad at me for it. And some of my friends would too, is because I'd say, well, like that guy's parents like died in a car accident in front of him. Like he has more of a right to be depressed than I do. And that's a stupid way to think about it. And, and the other thing too is, um, I mean, there's the other side of it too, male versus females going to therapy. Oh, male, male health. I oh, sorry. Females probably offending <clears throat> women versus men. The women's. Yeah. <laughs> All the women's going to, but even that, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's just when I when I finally got into it when I kind of just like jumped in the pool, it's like this isn't this isn't bad. Like everyone, you just you meet a lot more. It's weird because you meet more people too that are like, yeah, it's fucking wild, but here we are. And then, but when you're are you looking, going to group therapy, <clears throat> no, no, like like just the people that I've met going through their own things, it just shows me, oh, I'm that was a selfish thought. I'm not alone. Like that doesn't mean we're experiencing the same things. But depression as a whole is the same type of shit for a lot of people. So you can like talk to people and like, I don't want to get out of bed. And you're like, fuck, I get that. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. And the thing that's interesting is one of the things that I learned is when it comes to the example of not wanting to get out of bed, <clears throat> one of the things that I've noticed is it's not necessarily because you're in a depressive state, but it's because... <clears throat> you are already expecting the expected. You already know how the day is going to go. You already know everything that's going to happen. But take, for example, when you were a kid, right? You had, you had a, you're going on a field trip. You were up and dressed before your parents were awake. That was because at one point you were wanting to expect the unexpected. You didn't know what was going to happen and you were excited about it. But the hardest part is getting up in this society currently where everything to your point is oppressive. Everything's negative. Everything is always a problem. Everything's blowing up or forests and dying. I'm serious. One of the things that I stopped doing is watching the news. I don't, I, I will get on my phone and I'll just see the top headlines and move the fuck on. You know, I don't sit there and absorb news and I don't sit there and absorb all the negative shit. Whether that's helped or not, I don't know. But again, that goes back to the getting out of bed thing. You don't, some most people are depressed, which causes them not to want to get out of bed. But that also causes because they know the world's in turmoil, everything's shitty, and I'm going to go to work. And I'm going to come home and do everything all over again, over and over and over. So it's like depression's morphed into something that's just it's an expected reality that people are tired of living. But a lot of people don't know how to get out of that cycle. 
And then that's what starts the depression even more. So I think, you know, when you look at depression as a whole, you have instances like yours where it starts very at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And in a weird twisted sense, you're almost fortunate that it happened at an early age because now when you're 30, you're like, man, I'm depressed, but I know how to deal with it. As opposed to a 30 year old who has never dealt with it or never wanted to deal with it. And then all of a sudden it's really, really bad and it's affecting their families. It's affecting relationships. It's affecting all sorts of things that they don't know how to take care of. Yeah. But then when you have, again, saying it in a twisted way, the opportunity to be depressed at an earlier age, it gives you all the tools to work with it as you get older. Because the depression scope will change as you get older. You'll have new stresses, you'll have new problems and all this shit, but you'll be able to grab those, like the ground level tools that you worked with when you were a kid and bring them with you. Mm-hmm. And it, the only reason I say that is because I have a friend of mine who's like, you're kind of lucky to you know, figure out your therapy and your medication and all that shit when you're 25 because he's like, I've been, I work with people that are 40 that don't know shit about anything and they're just manic about it the whole time. So I yeah. think that the show in and of itself is much bigger than you realize because kids are sponges and they will hold on to that, like that trauma. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know anything else. You, ha- you hold on to it. It's like, what else do you do with it, right? And so you hold on to that and you bring it with you through life, which then allows you to teach others and they teach others and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so that show and the mindset of it really goes a lot deeper than I think you realize. Oh yeah. You know, because it isn't to say that there's going to be shit. There's going to be a lot of kids out there that are still going to kill themselves. There's still going to oh, be yeah. a lot of kids out there that don't know how to deal with trauma or don't know how to go through it. But the thing that you can do is just offer you know offer that that's that's your contribution to society yeah so i think it's honorable um i don't think it's very cool that selena gomez isn't in that <laughs> show now nah, we're getting demi lovato oh dude she, <laughs> no, man, she's, she looks like a truck driver now let's let's be nice and their pronouns are they them demi lovato mm-hmm Oh, that's true. Yep. There are they I, them. Yep, I remember that now. Demi. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Um, okay. I just, that, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I don't, it's. I have a whole separate podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, like I said, I had to take a break. I had to take a break from writing it because it, it was starting to lash out. Like on my husband, starting to lash out with like other family members. So you you're aware of that now. Yeah, I'm fully aware, and it's hard because like my husband has never been around someone who's gone through something like that, like that I have gone through. That's that's tough. For him. He was homeschooled, Mormon, homeschooled, so he was never around someone like me growing up. And so he married someone like me and now it's, it's, it's not a struggle, but it's It's definitely a learning curve. Oh yeah. Like there are some things that he had to learn like right off the bat, like, oh, I can't say certain things like this. Oh, I can't touch her like this because it'll bring something back or it'll just like trigger something and I just lash out. 
Gotcha. Where I'm like just upset the entire day. Do I know what I'm upset about? No. But I know that like there's something deeper inside that wants to come out to talk about it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's that word moment thing I was telling you about. Yeah. Like it's for whatever reason you just can't suppress it, you know, and you gotta you gotta yeah. say something. And I don't like stressing him out with it because he doesn't know anything about it. He just, it's not something that he's used to hearing about. And so we have talked about it. We're at an understanding. We're like, if something comes up and I want to talk about it, just let me talk about it. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to disagree with me. Just nod your head and smile. That's it. And it it helps where I'm just like, say all the things I need to say. And if he has a comment, he'll say something. That's great. But if he doesn't know what else to say, we're cool. We're fine. And same thing goes for him, for any trauma that he's gone through. So I'm going to ask a hard question here. Okay. (laughs) When When you went through the trauma and you went through all the bullshit you went through, did you find it hard to love yourself? Oh, yes. How do you find the strength to love your husband, your, your, your son? Oh, that's a good question. Well, my son came out of my body, so he's like a part of me, which sounds dumb because like, it's not that I don't love myself now. I'm starting to like myself. Like. I don't love her. I like her. But I love what she has made, which is Colton, my son. That makes any sense. My husband is a, it's, that's a hard one. Well, I guess the question I'm getting is after <laughs> going through everything, how did you manage to still want to like even get into something like that? Into, into like. Into a relationship, into a marriage because. I honestly have no clue. My son, I mean, he wasn't like. I, a, I, get, I mean, I get, yeah, I get the, I get your, your son part. I mean, that makes, you know. I didn't want kids at first. And then he just came out of nowhere and I was just like, like, okay. Psychologically, kids are a trump card. Like you have to love them. You don't have like any, like, (laughs) you don't like, like if you have a son, like you don't like, no matter what, it's just like, well, it's it's the same thing. Like he's going to know about assault. He's going to know about certain things because it doesn't just happen to women. No. Happens to men too. Oh, I know so many dudes who have gone through it and I've had to, and I've helped them. That sounded bad. I did not help them through the sexual assault. I helped them. Here's what you did next time. Aftermath. I am so sorry. (laughs) But I think that's the fascinating part is how do you love someone else when you can't love yourself? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a really good question, and that's something that I'm never going to have the answer to because I, I just don't know. I think you will is when you start really accepting yourself more. Maybe. I've accepted the fact that, like, somebody else loves me. Like, cool. Don't, don't know why, but okay. <laughs> she just came out of nowhere. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hi. We have an iguana oh. in the office. <laughs> and, um it's just one of those things where like i've accepted it i don't know why he doesn't have to explain it to me i just you've accepted that okay do you, i mean 
You're very fascinated by this iguana. <laughs> it's a cat. <laughs> of course I'm fascinated. I just, I just, I do We're one. It. We're one. <clears throat> you and the iguana? Yeah. Cat. <laughs> I mean, we talked about pronouns, so if she identifies an iguana. I didn't say that she was a she. I said cat. Iguana. Gender neutral. So... <laughs> I guess to, to round it out really with that question kind of lingering on everybody's mind, because it is a, a hard question. I mean, there's, you know, I've asked myself that a number of times, mm -hmm. is it fair to get into a position where you're having trouble loving yourself? So what can you even offer somebody else when you can't offer that to yourself? I'm learning to do like self-love. Does that help? Like, does that, I, I guess, know. I mean, I, I started doing this thing where like... No, the answer is no. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't love myself. I like myself. I started doing this thing where like I date myself. It sounds dumb. No, I've, yeah, that's that's been recommended to me a number of times. But yeah. like I do things that involve like self-care as like self-love. Yeah. You no, need I, to care I, for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess the thing I just find interesting is again, when you have a hard time doing that to yourself, do you give everything you have left to somebody else, meaning your husband? Do you project that lack of self-love, lack of love onto him more? No, it's, it's so hard to like answer. Cause like, it's a different type of love. Mm. Like I love my, like I love him in a romantic way. I don't love him in a, you and I were one. We're the same. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes any sense. This is a difficult question. <laughs> I don't get paid to ask the easy questions. I don't get, what's payroll? <laughs> well, I know I'm not getting no 350 it's in the to mail. answer these. <laughs> it's in the mail, I promise. Um, so do you, you don't know exactly like the, the rollout date of your show? No. No, I don't. It sucks. But You're going to write a book? I've thought about it, but I find writing scripts a lot easier, to be honest. But a script is a book, though. It's just different. It is, yeah. But... Mm -hmm. Good I answer. Just, I, mm -hmm. I just like writing scripts How do you feel? More. Mm -hmm. Depression, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. Less words. Yeah. <laughs> I say a lot word and few word do trick. But yeah, the, the entire... Like, I... I I help people with like their mental health a lot. I'm not a professional, but I feel like helping them kind of helps me too. If you know what I mean. I do, but that I think could, could not also be detrimental to your mental health because that's a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on. Um, I mean, therapists need therapists. Oh yeah. You know, because I have a great therapist. He's amazing. And I'm very lucky that I found him, but also I always feel bad coming to him about, like about my problems, even though that's what he's that's, there like, for. But it's not like going to like the bag boy at Walmart. Being, I know you're not going to believe this, Kyle. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Of course, his name is Kyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out. yeah. I get what you're saying though. So like, I like helping others before helping myself, and it's always been a really hard thing to. That's where that's where we're very similar. Yeah. I have a problem with um, yeah, helping people with their own shit, so I don't have to deal with my shit. 
but at like the same time, like I, I realized that like I do need to help myself too. Wow, that iguana that is that going to pick her up on the mic? <laughs> I hope it does. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'll make sure to leave it in here. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, just I think edit that, out all the hard questions. <laughs> make me look smarter than I actually don't, am. Don't worry about it. We're not recording this anyway. It sounds. Not <laughs> I'd be. I'd. We'd, I'd quit the show forever. Honestly, <laughs> everyone's going to listen to the one-hour episode just for the just for the sound. <laughs> but. It's, it's just one of those things like trauma has helped me with work, with my work now, with what I'm passionate about, which is writing. It was kind of like the escape. It's weird how when you're not manic anymore and you're able to kind of be more clear minded, you can go through and say, that was absolutely the worst time of my life, but damn, like I learned a lot. Oh yeah. And it's wherever you fall short is when you like go through it and you're like damn that sucked well i just as naive as you were you know what i mean so i i started therapy when i was like 11 maybe yeah like 11 12 and my therapist was like start writing because i was already doing it already. Don't, don't tell me right just write go go in the yeah, corner right he's just like just just write it out and it was hard yeah. because writing stuff like that down Makes you relive it again. Oh, yeah. That's why I had to take a break. Mm. But, like, what I had gone through with my abusive ex-boyfriend was not the only trauma I had growing up. Right. It was my biological dad, even though I had never met him. Mm-hmm. Still took a fucking toll on me. Right. Well, until about two years ago when I did find him. And he was the biggest piece of shit, up, like, ever. But so, was that necessarily a letdown, though? No. Yeah, because you anticipated, I'm assuming, right? It was not the letdown. What the letdown was is how he treated my brothers. How he treated his other family members. Not by him being a douche. Good for you. If you're a douche, cool. But if you're a douche to, like, people that you have in your life who love you and want to care for you, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. It's a waste of energy. He was something and because like i didn't fully process that because i had just had a baby when i found him it all took a toll on me where like i had to go to therapy yeah that's a lot like at once well the entire story is like fucked everything about my biological dad is fucked like to the max i have never met someone so messed up before I could call a few people. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. We're doing a live now. Um, <laughs> and that's all going to be in the show, I assume, right? Later on, yeah. Later on. Yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. His family, they're great. I love his family. The, just not him. Just not him. Mm. I My best friend is my older brother, but... The crazy thing is that we're twins. We're a month apart, like to the day. Hmm. Yeah. Does that make you twins, or does that just make you like? You, I you we we just say that we're twins. Mm. It just it's it's hard that's to explain. Can't do that. I know. That's that's identity theft. Um, I know, <laughs> but 
Uh, to be brother from another mother. Get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> yes. Um, but... Just, I'm sorry. Can you censor that last part out? Not, we're not <laughs> leaving that in there. I will, I will not let you leave that in <laughs> um, But yeah, we're a month apart to the day. We're not supposed to be. I was born early. But here we are. He forgot... Did you just take a picture no, of me? No, sorry. My, Bro. It's my, I'm not that weird. It's my Snapchat. Damn. I need to turn that flash thing off. You're was, calling me a creeper. I was, wa- I was walking through the gym and I had my phone like this. And I was walking and somebody texted me and there was a girl on a treadmill and she fucking flips around. And I was like panicking. I was like trying to show her like the whole phone of like, I have no pictures. And she was like, it's just like, Kind of weird. It was like, I was so embarrassed, man. I, that was such an awful conversation. Oh man, but um, yeah. Don't take pictures of me, bro. I, oh my god, I'm so glad that we have a camera now, so like people can see that I'm visibly flustered by this whole situation that just occurred. If you want to take a picture of me, just say so. It's fine. My anxiety. <laughs> It's okay. Well, my anxiety went high when that went off, okay? <laughs> Bruh. Fuck. Twinsies. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, my, my biological dad's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's bad. Not, not good. Um, fuck, dude. I shouldn't have picked up my phone. It threw me off kilter. I'm sorry. Um... So you don't, you don't have a rollout. You're just still, what, what stage of the writing process are you in right now? Or is it just kind of um, an on and off thing? Like when you can write enough before it makes you freak out? When it comes to the, the, the scenes where I have to write about a sexual assault. Oh, that's what's, that's. That was really hard. I am very fortunate that someone on my, my writing team, he knew me from that time. He was my abusive boyfriend's best friend. They're not friends anymore, obviously, but... I thought, dude, can you imagine the plot twist if she's like, yeah, it's my abusive ex-boyfriend. Right, Whoa! it's my abusive ex-boyfriend helping me write that this. That would throw a major curveball. <laughs> dude, everyone would, be, everyone would be hooked on that show. Um, both sides of the story. His name's Matt. He's really cool. Um, he He witnessed a lot. He's witnessed, like, the guy beating on me. He's witnessed... Him saying just like the, the worst things possible. He's witnessed him doing things to other women. And he was just like, I'm done. But him helping me through this process has been so nice because I don't remember a lot of things other than but what yeah, was in I notebooks. Wouldn't. That's kind of the benefit of like PTSD, right? Oh, yeah. Brain blocks it out. I'm struggling to understand how he's a good person, though, if he witnessed all that and just dipped out. I mean, Matt, okay. listen, buddy. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, yeah. What? He. I'm going to call him out. Like, if he listens to this, <laughs> I'm going to call him out. Oh, I call him out all the time. Like. Because, like, I want to know, too, like, what his deal was. But at the same time, like, I can't help but realize that, like, he was just a third party. He didn't really know, like, the full story of what was going on other than, like, this dude was being a piece of shit towards me. Which is fair, but I mean, there are laws where you... I 
watched him beat the shit out of him at a church dance and they both got arrested. That was the greatest thing ever. The best. Why do I feel like just Mormons are just batshit crazy? They're, so Matt's not Mormon, but... Church dance. Oh, that's yeah. That's a sacred place. Oh, I've seen all <laughs> sorts Jesus of shit happen. basketball court. <laughs> Unbelievable. This episode sponsored by Church of Latter-day Saints. Shout out the big men upstairs. Hail Mary. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I watch I watch Matt beat the shit out of my abusive ex-boyfriend and they both got arrested. Because he just couldn't take it anymore. He watched all this stuff happen. He didn't know how to react to it. He didn't know what to do because he's just a third party. He didn't think that it was really his business. Which he has apologized for. We had talked about it. How much it had affected me. And how much it really affected him. We're both over it. Fair enough. But he's been just amazing to work with because he does remember a lot of things that I don't remember that was just heartbreaking yeah. for someone to watch as a third person. I'm sure it fucked him up too, some fears. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he, even he's like, he's not afraid of the abuser. He's just cautious because he has kids himself. He has daughters. So he's like, if this shit happens... To my kids. Going postal. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm just, yeah. just going to kill me. And same for me. Like, if this were to happen to, like, my son or, like, my other future children, God forbid. I don't, I don't Shout know. Shout out, plan B, one step. <laughs> um, it, w- it would kill me. Yeah. No, I, it, it changes your viewpoint even more as a parent. Oh, yeah. You know? And, like, even, like I said, like, I have a sister that's turning 14. Oh, that would just fucking destroy me. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't doubt that. Dude. I would I would definitely go to jail for somebody like my sister. Oh, definitely. So, I mean. Put jail into the show. Yeah. <laughs> How to survive prison? Like... <laughs> just watch the, the second to last season of My Name is Earl. Transitions into just... <laughs> Orange is gonna be black. It just hurts. <laughs> it just kind of molds into that, and then it just—it's just the whole. But you know, like, it's—it's it's not an easy thing to talk about, and it's—it's it's definitely hard sitting here right now and talking about it. But it's gonna help somebody. It will, and that's you know, you know and that's our goal as well. Is so what, Sean? What? Just really random thought. Hmm. It, it wasn't really regarding the conversation, though. You guys should have, like, <laughs> a segment in the podcast, like, Sean's random thought. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> It'll be, like, every five seconds. <laughs> a little five-minute segment where it's just like, here's what Sean was thinking about the whole entire episode. He was thinking. You would spend three minutes of those five minutes trying to remember what the fuck <laughs> you're thinking about. Would not go over well. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm just thinking about the fact of what your shirt says compared to mine and how they're like complete opposites. And I, I was kind of dying at that. It's Sean's world. We're just living in it at this point. Ryan really wants to nice, punch you in the face right logo, now. <laughs> and your shirt's talking about drugs. Hey, Sean. 
I think Ryan wants to punch you in the face right now. It happens a lot. He has anger issues, so. Yeah, they're coming up right now, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Ryan's like, hey, Sean. Shh. <laughs> I do that a lot to my husband. I'm like, hey, Robert. Shh. I'm going to knock both y'all out. <laughs> so. Speaking of abuse, uh, no. Leprechaun stash going on. Great. See what, what Sean does when he gets insecure is he picks on uh, other people's facial expressions and appearances to make up for his total lack of apathy um, and his practical definition of a war crime. Okay, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He cares about nothing. That's why he's a terrifying person to fight. Okay? You don't you don't contradict him. You don't question him. People watching the show, listening to him, be like, he wouldn't hurt. Yeah, so he you're would gonna, burn a village down. So you're gonna take him with him to the guy that works at Texas Roadhouse. Did he talk to you about oh, that? The what in Arizona? No. What? Something like that? I don't know. Anyway. Should I talk about that? <laughs> or is that just gonna bring your anger issues out? No, it won't. It's uh <laughs> No. Wait, I, you're I, mentioning I, something else. Just tell me where and when. What are you, what? Where, where, what? <laughs> like to fight somebody? Yeah. To, uh, if I have to burn down a building, tell me where I'm Oh, going. we're still working on that. Okay. <laughs> That's, I'm not plotting crime on my show. Yeah, he's not plotting any crime. Oh my God. He's not. Um, With that in mind, <laughs> there's been a lot said here. Yeah. We do not have any more time, unfortunately, though. I can take us out. One of the things I do <laughs> want to do is as you're progressing through your story, I want to bring you back on. And then we can talk about Texas Roadhouse Boy. <laughs> okay. Um, but as you go about your journey into what you experienced, we, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we want to know more about your process and how and you, definitely. how you, because it's really a coping mechanism, right? To write about it? To write about it. In a sense. Yeah. Because you're able to relive it's, it as much as it hurts, but you're able to analyze it. It's actually helped close a lot of doors, a lot of questions answered. I did have a conversation with him a few months ago, the abusive ex-boyfriend. Mm. And um, without going into any details, yeah, I got a lot of questions Sorry. answered. And... I could care less about what he's doing in life. I don't know if he cares about what's going on in my life. I hope he doesn't. But but you can't give him that energy, though. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have no idea why he did what he did. As much as you want to ask that, they probably don't even know why they did it. He had a great home life. He had amazing parents but for some reason me and like 19 other girls got like the worst part of it of his life and will forever be affected by it so yeah writing a show like this hopefully it will close a lot of doors for those girls too because I, I know a few of them we I mean we don't talk about it but I know how it it's affected their life. They know how it affected my life. And so I think that 
it would be nice to answer some of their questions through something that they could watch and not feel so alone. alone. It's very well put. I mean, at the end of it, if you see something, say something, man. Like, ain't nobody going to judge you. People probably think more highly of you if you say something. It sounds scary. It sounds terrifying. But you're going to be helping more people than you realize if you see something and you say something. Because most of that shit happens when you see something and don't do shit. That's why 13 Reasons Why is a stupid show. And I honestly, I don't recommend people watching. I think it's a stupid show. I think the message went across for two episodes and then it dropped. I think it's a stupid show. It rose awareness for something that they thought they were doing good. But I think your idea and your premise would go a lot farther than that. You know that. Selena Gomez helped produce that show, right? I don't give a shit anymore about her. She's not <laughs> in your show, so she lost her okay. chance. Oh, okay. Do your job, Sean. I'll take us out in a good way. <laughs> oh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Drunk Boys Basement. Interested in finding where else you can catch us? Follow us on Facebook find something you want the drunk boys to research and talk about next time let us know and if you like hanging out go to www.drunkboysbasement.com catch you all next friday and remember please listen responsibly love you